Use the promo code CADDY, C-A-D-D-Y, when you check out at DinnerAffair.com for $30 off your first order. That means that with Dinner Affair, your family can enjoy a six-dinner meal package for under one hundred dollars. We've been clients and fans of Dinner Affair for a long, long time. Menu changes every month: burgers with blue cheese, mayo, and barbecue red onion. Throw them on the grill. Juicy turkey burgers. You also get a tangy blue cheese mayo with your burgers with blue cheese mayo and barbecue red onion. Dinneraffair.com. Dinner a f a r e dot com. Caddy c a d d y is the promo code at checkout. My name is Mike, but most know me by the nickname Strawberry. I'm a local elementary school teacher and share musical artists each day as I try to give them the same feelings and emotions I get from radio and music. I've been listening to the radio since birth and grew up having Atlanta legends like Rhubarb Jones, Moby in the morning, and a pesky nighttime DJ turned morning host named Cadillac Jack. Caddy has introduced listeners to several artists throughout his time, and we share a favorite artist, Eric Church. For over 20 years, Caddy's voice has been a constant supporter of country music from all angles. With listeners, he has always been cordial and humble, with the entertainment factor being a way to bring us all together. His wife, Donna, keeps the discussions on track and in perspective, which helps Caddy's second act give his cult-like listeners topics you'd have with your best friends. I'm Strawberry, and I beat Caddy once. Welcome to my second act, starring my friend Cadillac Jack and his better half, Donna. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years until July 2019. Welcome to my second act. And my name's Donna, and I'm Caddy's wife. And yesterday, I got, this is going to be hard for you to understand, but I okay. got, I, okay, so I went through the the drive through at Starbucks, and I got my normal Starbucks to-go order, which I haven't really been doing a lot because I'm not out as much. But they gave me my Starbucks cup, my to-go cup. They, they put it in a coffee mug. Like you would drink at home. And I'm like, okay, what do I do? So do I take the coffee mug? Like, are they giving me a coffee mug? And the guy's like, no, 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 no. You just take your coffee cup out of the coffee mug. And then you return the coffee mug to us. And you try not to touch the porcelain mug. Somebody wheel on a whiteboard. That's a lot. Here's the thing. Everywhere you go now, everyone has their own system. COVID protocol. As they should, but it gets a little squirrely sometimes. And and the question I have is, sometimes I feel like right now that people are going to to do extra steps that aren't even necessary. You know what I mean? Like, and, and also that I don't hundred percent know that are keeping them safer. Like, who is who's approving all these protocols and and who's coming up with them and like. Chick-fil-A, who's the most amazing in the world. You know, they should be running the world right now. Because, well, they should be running the COVID testing. Seriously. drive through testing. Because, I mean, the line the other day at our local Chick-fil-A was down the block, and they moved it within two minutes. And they have this, like, selfie stick that they stick through your passenger window, and you slide your card instead of chipping it. And then they give you your food. I'm, I'm, I have a feeling that probably soon they're going to have, like, robotic arms that just come out of the restaurant to – deliver you your food but then there's this weird coffee cup thing going on at starbucks and then the other day i wonder if that's just the location you go to or I don't if, if that's know. Is that standard protocol Well, that's what i mean i think each each place has come up with their own like system but it's just crazy some of the systems that people have come up with like um at cvs the other day this woman had to take something from me to like scan it and it wasn't scanning through the plexiglass so she's one of those grabbers 
like that old people have to uh, grab, like that people use for physical therapy to grab stuff off the shelves. And she couldn't like get it clipped on. And at one point I was almost just like, you know what? I don't need it. I don't need this. Yeah. Like I don't <laughs> need this because this is way too much trouble. But I just find it fascinating. All the things that are like going on now to, to take your credit card. And, and some places, I mean, are not taking cash at all, which cash is dirty. We know that, but it's just interesting. Everything that's going on. All right, so on the way over here, what was your core 57 hype song? The song that I remember as a young man. A little caddy. Sitting down and writing the words out longhand and then memorizing them so I could sing the song forever. And to this day, as a 44-year-old adult. You're older hmm? than that. Oh, I don't. Do we need to recount? We don't have time, though. As a 44-year-old, I still remember the lyrics. Uh, to this day and you'll pick up on this song and you're going to love it and the when it comes up in the Spotify playlist you're going to be like oh this set song Caddy was jamming to I remember memorizing the words to it myself you ready mm-hmm. don't cheer me just hear me out because I got a clout shout ho before I turn the party out I don't stutter protect my voice speak clearly so you can be my choice on stage or on record go to the whiz and select it take it off the rack it's a whack put it back I like the whopper <clears throat> the Big Mac you don't remember Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock? Yes, I with do. It, take, it Takes Two it to takes Make It, two to make it yes, 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 yes. I didn't know that's what it was, yeah. With my rapping skills there? No. <laughs> okay, do you know the first song that I rapped to? The Sugar Hill Gang. On the back of the middle school bus, I'm just having like this flashback. A hip, hop, hip, hip to the hump, hump hip, hip, down. Huh? And like we oh, knew all the words to Don't it. stop. Yes, and we would harass our bus driver. Remember the big boom boxes? Yes. And if you were a rich kid, and I was not, and didn't have one of these, but was envious of all the kids at school that did, if you had the dual cassette, oh yeah, that's that was big time, big money. But you would take your TDK cassette tape, mm-hmm. remember those, or your yeah. Maxwell cassette tape. Oh yeah. And if you had one of the dual boom boxes, yeah, and removable speakers was just an entirely different planet for somebody yeah. like me. You, you know? were but super. You would, remember, you would do mixtapes, yes, and listen to them. So DJ. Uh, Easy Rock, Rob Bass, and DJ Easy Rock. He takes two. Did you ever make a mixtape for your girlfriend? I'm sure. Oh, yeah. All right, your hype song on the way here. My core 57 hype song was the Almond Brothers, Melissa. Oh wow, I know. Such a great song. Brings back just like a lot of different memories. Are they on Spotify? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Almond Brothers are there. Memories of what? Just everything. Like, like I remember. I don't know. Just like. Floating down the river and high school, senior skip day, daily skip day. Days, skip days. <laughs> All right. We'll add them both to the Caddy and Donna Core 57 Spotify Hypes on Playlist. Now, hours and hours and hours of music that uh, we add every episode, update every episode. And it's powered by Core 57 Milton and Alpharetta City Center. And we are excited that the Core 57 Alpharetta City Center location has reopened. Yes. With all of the following all the rules, regulations, and then some. Yeah, I'm really proud of Colleen and her um and, and, and her instructors. You know what? They made it through the pandemic doing virtual classes and now she's opened up the gym. And if you are looking for a clean, safe place to work out, reach out to Colleen at Core fifty seven. We're gonna talk about Drake. Talk about Drake and the song Tootsie Slide. Remember Drake dropped an album um out of the blue about two weeks ago now. Right. So he's charting all over with album cuts and things. I want to talk, though, about TikTok 
and the hype that Drake's song received before it was even released because of TikTok. You hear or you hear me talk about TikTok every now and then. I think you were, I got to tell you though, yet again, you were, you jumped the shark in a way you were above the curve because now all of the music, it, it, it's imploding. It has flavors of TikTok. Yes. TikTok. If you're not familiar, TikTok is Gen Z's or us old, balding, overweight white men. Uh, it's a short form video app that the kids are using. And TikTok has such influence on the chart. So I, I've been working on this research project for a couple of weeks now. Mm-hmm. I took one week of charts and I looked and this particular week, the billboard hot 100 chart, every other single in the top 10 had TikTok influences, whether it was a meme, whether there was a, 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 dance. a dance challenge or um, a song that just, you know, went viral on TikTok, And so the music industry is very aware of the influence that TikTok has on songs. So Tootsie slide from Drake, left foot up, right foot down. I, I, you don't want me to rap it, but mm-hmm. that's the song. Kinda. So Drake reached out to a guy named Tootsie. Now follow me here. Tootsie is an influencer. A TikTok influencer. So Drake said to him, this is days before the song actually dropped for you to Tootsie Slide drop for you to buy or for radio to play it. So he did it backwards. And this is the way it's going to become. It's not going to be so organic anymore, TikTok, because the labels and the artists are now, as I just said, they're, they're, they're realizing the influence. So Drake reached out to Tootsie and says, I want you to create a viral dance for this song. And Tootsie was the one that came up with the right foot down, left mm-hmm. foot out, whatever. I don't know what it is. Um, check the timeline, though, here. Drake's Tootsie Slide was released on April 3rd. All right. On April 3rd, the song had already accumulated more than a half million videos on TikTok. How? Because he released Tootsie's viral dance on March 29th. Okay, I have a question. Three days before. Before the song even dropped. Yes. Here's the question. Did he write the song for Tootsie or it just happened to be called Tootsie Slide? I don't know that. I don't. I think that's that's very good questions because it. My point again is that the the music industry is on board and they understand what TikTok can do for a song. Even if even if the old stodgy people sometimes at the label aren't, the artists certainly know the influence that these. um, And there's a group of them that these TikTokers that the one girl I can't think of her name right now, Charlie, whatever that they have on album sales and 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 songs. I mean. If ever if you release a song that every single person from Iowa to LA to Atlanta is doing a TikTok dance to, think about how many plays you get. Do they get credit every time that song snippet airs in their on, video? On, on TikTok? Yes. I don't think so. I looked for that. And I also thought there's got to be a TikTok music chart that's uh, and there's not because I, I I looked it up trying to find it. Right. That that the positions of the songs are determined right. on influence on TikTok and views and, and right ranks and the number of spins so all to of speak. that right yeah. but there's there's matter of time until that happens the one chart I did 
used though here was a song revenue chart. And this is an interesting read and an interesting look because it shows you in a one week period how much a particular song makes. Now, the dollar amounts here that you're going to hear are split. It's not like the artist is, is taking all the money because it has to be split with the songwriters, the producers. I'm sure there's an agent cut, manager cut. I don't know the breakdown of percentages. It probably differs depending on the song. But we're just going to take a quick snapshot at what in a seven-day period a hit song can make in just streams and sales. And we'll start with Drake Tootsie Slide. All right. Number six, this particular week on the song revenue chart. In a seven-day period, Tootsie Slide from Drake made $141,527. But there were 19 million streams. Right. 19 million. Number one is a song from Travis Scott and Kid Cudi. Cootie. Cootie. Right? How is that? Is it Cuddy Coo? Carl, what is it? Cuddy. Cuddy. <laughs> the Scots Cuddy. is the name of the song. $297,194. Nearly $300,000. This is just one week, guys. Just one week. Um, I wanted to, for the final grab here, I wanted to look at a country song. What is the highest ranking country song on the song revenue chart? This particular week, it was Gabby Barrett, who is a newcomer. And she hit number one with her first single, which was called I Hope, very popular song on country radio, even some crossover appeal with this particular song. This week, um, Gabby Barrett, I Hope, $71,408. That's just in a week. It's amazing. And nine million, 9 million streams. So a lot of money in it. And I think that the, the TikTok is, um, is taking over when it comes to influence in the music charts. Oh, absolutely. And you think of all like the people... God forbid, our age that shouldn't be on TikTok doing videos and in like that set who are using these snippets of songs that have no idea who sings them, where they're from. I don't. I'm yeah. not the demo. But here's an example. I've seen and heard in the trend and it's what's popping. You know, it's like in the end, it was popping. I was like, where did that come from? Because I always, I have a music mind. Where did that sound? Where did, is that a song? Is that a sound? Is that from a movie? It's from a song that's on the chart this week that we looked at the song revenue chart from Jack Harlow. Never heard of the kid. The song is called What's Poppin'. This week that uh, on the song revenue chart made $75,000. I was curious about Jack Harlow because to be a rapper, that sounds like an awfully Caucasian name. Okay. He is the whitest kid you've ever seen in your life. Like some suburban kid? Like he even said, screw it. I'm not even changing my white name. Yeah, he's I'm going like, to be Jack Harlow, which screams I'm an entitled rich white kid. He's not like Papa Jack or something. Like a rat, right, exactly. Well, okay, didn't you do a remake? What's your remake? You did a remake of a TikTok song. Um, well, it's a joke uh-huh. for the family, but it's the uh, Savage. Savage. Okay, so how does it go on the TikTok videos? If your kids are on TikTok or if you've even spent five minutes on here, you've seen this song a well, million do the, times. Do, it, it's I'm it's like, bougie. I'm, I'm ratchet. I don't even know what that bo- means. Okay, hang on. I'm ratchet bougie. Something, something. Yeah. And what was happening? You know that one. What was ha- acting stupid? What was happening? What was so happening? I changed it up and I said. You did your own like COVID version. Yeah. Okay, so. I'm scratchy, bushy. Not bougie. I'm bushy. <laughs> Cranky. Rashy. Rashy, rashy, <laughs> scratchy. Yeah, that's my savage. You're scratchy, bushy. Bushy. Rashy. Yeah. 
Wellstar Health System is helping you fight COVID-19 with comprehensive health services, including urgent care, telemedicine, primary care, and the largest trauma and emergency network in the state. Wellstar.org forward slash COVID-19. There you'll find updates, tools, and resources to help you stay uh, safe and to help you stay healthy. You have questions about the best ways to stay healthy. Get the latest information about COVID-19 at wellstar.org forward slash COVID-19. Wellstar, more than healthcare, people care. If you're tired of Netflix binging or being stressed out by watching the news, Tracy Cousineau has a fun and exciting option for you. One of the many features of Tracy Cousineau's Real Estate Expert Advisor Supercharged Virtual Listing System is the Extreme Open House-a-thon. It's a citywide open house of listings all over the city every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Going to be giveaways, free gifts like a 65-inch 4K Smart TV, a Big Green Egg, even an Apple Watch. Register at ExtremeOpenHouseAthon.com. And guess what? Tracy Cousineau is going to send you free popcorn and 3D glasses, too. Tracy Cousineau's Real Estate Expert Advisors. That's cousin with an EAU because you know Tracy is going to sell your home. We participated in another drive-by birthday parade. Yay! And not for a child. This is our second adult drive-by birthday parade. Betty Joe Rogers. You grew up with the Rogers family in Smyrna. Yes. Uh, one of your closest friends was Donna Rogers and her father. And th- they're sponsors of the podcast, but yes. th- this is a story. Yes. Uh, the Wolfman. Yes. So and- they grew up like two streets over from me. And Donna and I have known each other. We went to the same elementary school, middle school, high school. We've known each other forever. And I was joking with you because... The her, so her mother turned, we believe, eighty. There were different signs. I'm going the with different 80. signs, and we're going to talk about the protocol that needs to be set for drive-by birthday parties. Yeah, I'm going to go moment. for her with the lowest number, eighty. Eighty. I saw eighty, and I saw eighty-eight. <laughs> I did too. Um, and I'm thinking about my mom, and my mom's like eighty-seven. So anyway, but the age is not important. the The event was so we all met at um, a Catholic church near where um, she's lived in the same house since, you know, that's where we grew up. That's where Donna grew up in Smyrna. And so we all met there and staged and then went to her house. But, um, you know, I was joking with you on the way over there that, pe- you know, people used to say like, oh, you know, like the Donalds, the Donnas will get you in trouble. And Donna and I would get. Meaning you and, yeah. and Donna Rogers. <laughs> yeah, we would get people in trouble. I bet. Yeah. So there were, would you say nearly 100 I would, people participating yes. in this parade? Probably at least 50 cars, 50, 60. So we were staging at the church, and then everybody filed out. And I got to give Donna's husband, Bobby, uh, uh, kudos here, because he stopped traffic on Cooper Lake Drive. Yeah, Sm- that's a, he did. That's a huge thoroughfare yeah. in the city of Smyrna. And Bobby parks his truck in the middle of the road so that all the cars can file out. And then we did another set of staging on Reed Street, I think it was. And then we rolled by Miss Betty Jo's home, and, and she was sitting in her chair, uh, at the bottom of the driveway. Yeah, that's with her grand, a couple of her grandkids. And, and she Donna. had no idea. No idea. That it was happening. I always want to find out how they get people out in the yard, especially older people. I had that thought too. You know, like come out and see something, mom. Look yeah. what I found. Yeah. Do you have your mask on? <laughs> well, and someone had told us that they were supposed to, one of the way they ways they got her out of there was, um, it was actually Donna's niece left her children with um, Donna's mom and said, I'm going to run up and get a, get a few things at the store. And Betty Jo, Donna's mom, was giving her a list of like things to get. She's not really so going she, to the store. She's probably going to be mad when like nobody came back with any of her things. So 
as we're we do the drive, you know, you've heard me say I, I'm I'm a huge proponent of the drive by birthday parade because it saves you from having to be social and attend a birthday party. So um, we did the drive by and it was fantastic. And we get done and so Don and I are heading out of the neighborhood and we're you know headed towards 400 and heading back home. And we're driving through the neighborhood where you, Donna, and Donna Rogers spent a lot of time because this was the Donna, the that's other Donna's, this yeah. is her neighborhood. Yeah, that's where we grew up. And so as we drove by houses, you would say certain things, and I haven't brought this to your attention yet, but you would say certain things <laughs> that I know there were triggers when you drove by certain, right? We'd drive by a house and you'd be like, mm, mm. that's where Davy Phillips lived. No. It's like what happened at Davy Phillips' house? No. That, that, yeah, yeah, and, and it we would be we this... just like everybody did back in the in in that time period, and you know we just like ran as a pack, like all of us. We like girls, guys, you know. And I was kind of a tomboy, like I was kind of in the middle of it. So there were a lot of guys in our neighborhood, and we would like play flag football uh, and kickball, and no, it was nothing seedy. Don't try to turn this seedy. Well, it for was me, just... it was seedy. <laughs> you growing up. <laughs> well, yeah, yours, but mine, mine was idyllic. Is that what is that what he called uh-huh. it? <laughs> Charming, if Newt, you will. Newt Montgomery. No, it was no. It's whoever, but every house there'd be just this. this it's Newt Edgar, who is, who's shift, married to his high school sweetheart. You'd shift in your seat a little bit. Like, mm, oh please! Wow, that you're Davey, talking about Davy Crockett. We're there. <laughs> I remember Davy. Can I tell you one story from growing up? My neighborhood. <laughs> okay. First time I'd ever seen boobies. Oh my god, we had to work it in, didn't we? We'd gone three pods without saying that word. We had a friend who was our age, and I say ours, like, you know, all, all the boys in the neighborhood. And uh, she had a basement, and she had a sliding glass door in her basement. And so I'm not going to call her out because I just don't want to do that. We'll just call her Caroline. Mm-hmm. And so Caroline told us to all be outside her sliding glass door at like five o'clock after, you know, after got off the bus, go home, finish your homework, change, put it, put on your play clothes. Remember that when you change oh, out yeah, your school change clothes, it, you put on your play clothes and then be, you know, be down here at my house, meet me down here at my house and be in front of the sliding glass door at five o'clock. And we're like, Oh my God, oh, oh my God. God, what's going to happen? Like a and peep show. It wasn't just that Donna choke. It was just that. And so the cart, the curtains part, who is this girl running around peep show in her parents' basement? The, the curtains part in there is Caroline standing there with her boobies. Okay. And we are 12-year-old boys and did not know what to do with our hands. Kind of like when you're caroling. caroling. Yeah. Well, that's a dirty they're dirty girl there. Did her parents know what she was I doing? I can't imagine. Did she charge did. you guys like money? No, Donna. It was no. What, like, was it like one of those old-fashioned like sliding glass doors that you like you go out from the basement? And it was always it. off the track. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. you had to flip that black handle. Yeah, so it was that just like that. She down. didn't open the door. Yeah. She didn't open the door. She just spread the curtain. <laughs> Splayed the curtains. And there, right. there, there she was. Oh, Caroline. All right, let's talk about protocol. How we, did we turn Betty Joe's birthday party <laughs> into this nastiness? First time I ever saw boobies. Gosh. So we, we had a conversation going back home about the fact that there needs to be some protocol set. You know, you're talking about the protocol and, and being there being standardized um adjustments at Starbucks and, and, and Chick-fil-A yes. and stuff like that. There yeah. needs to be a consistent protocol with these drive-by birthday parades because there's a lot of misinformation out there. And if I'm going to participate, again, I've told you, this is life-changing for me. I'm all about, yeah, I'll, I'll participate in. in anybody's drive-by birthday. Yeah. But we need to establish, do you decorate your car or does the birthday family decorate your car? Well, in this case, they were kind supplies of supplies is, is how it's listed on our yes. protocol chart here. Both of the ones that we attended, 
both of the families were nice enough to bring their own supplies, which I think thinks great. We didn't have to do anything. Better for you. Well, until we got there. Mm-hmm. And then there was glitter and streamers on my truck, like a 17-year-old high school cheerleader on our way to the homecoming game. I love it. I know. I like leaned out the um, sunroof. I stood out the sunroof. And they had made little um, Betty Joe heads. Yeah. Betty heads. But who brings, to, who's responsible for the decorating? Well, I think that we should, the family should probably right. be Here's a big in one. charge of that. Flashers or not. And this isn't like Caroline flashing. I'm mm-hmm. talking like your hazard lights. Do you run your hazard lights? I did not. I have not in either of the parades we participated in, but it seems that everybody else around me is. I think people just like to turn on their hazard lights or blinkers, as our parents used to call them. Yeah, your blinkers. Well, what happened yesterday is the 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 other okay the other birthday parade that we the first birthday parade we participated in we parked at the tennis center, and so we were already in the neighborhood. So it was fine. You know, it was just, and it wasn't as large. This one yesterday, I'm telling you, there were 50 to 60 cars. And we had to drive a while from the staging point. People were losing balloons and Yeah, people, balloons were falling off. But the other thing is, did you see people pulling over? They thought at first we were a funeral. Yes, there were a couple. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, there were a couple people. Or maybe they were just pulling over because they knew it was a birthday parade. That wouldn't be me. I guess maybe that's, that's their Okay, you're going to mess up the parade by being in the middle if of I it. If I have somewhere to go, yes. Pull over. No, I'm not going to do that. I'll tell you what happened to me the other day, though. I'd been to the Greenway in Alpharetta. Okay, let's just stop right Donna, there. Donna, are you going to turn me in for this? Just stop right there. Because that whole, that statement started off wonky. All right. Everyone who listens to the podcast on a regular basis knows that you okay. do not run. I dropped our 16-year-old and her bike off at the Greenway and sat in my truck for an hour and a half. Instead of just walking. I had work to do, Donna. Do you think this podcast just happens? And your femur is still shaky. Sore. Okay. So at one point, just to break up the monotony, I decided to do a lap up and down North Point Parkway, which is very near the Alfred Y. Right. Think uh, North Point Community Church is in that area as well. Where's this going? Well, so I'd gone, I got a text from Olivia. It says three minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be done. And I, I told her, text me and I'll pull around and pop your bike in my truck uh-huh. and head home. So she's three minutes. I get the three minutes out text. Well, I'm more than three minutes away. So I need to go ahead and turn pretty quickly and do a U-turn and head back. I accidentally pull into an office park, which you know a lot of them are, most of them are still empty. And that is a very business park, industrial right. section of the town. And I pull into a COVID-19 testing lane. Oh my God. Unbeknownst to me. And you're in the line. You should have just gotten tested. D- Governor Kent wants everyone to get tested, whether you have. Well, there are people that say, "Where the test?" Where? Let me tell you something. The tests are on North Point Parkway, like near Kaiser Permanente. Or I know like exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, there was a Alfred a policeman station there to keep everybody calm, but there wasn't a line, and so suddenly I'm like two, three deep to get a COVID nineteen test. I got to go pick my daughter up at the so Greenway. You, that's like if you ever get a DUI checkpoint and you try to reverse it. Well, they they place what are called chase cars in that situation. For yes. the people that try to turn around, there's already a patrol car turned that way, ready to chase you down. So was there like an ambulance? And I know to that story just from a friend. Right. Do I now? Was there an ambulance ready when you started to back <laughs> there up? There wasn't. But I just backed <laughs> out, you know, and I, I was thinking because they're kind of looking at me. Is he scared? I bet he's scared. Were you like, I'm sorry, wrong? No. Wrong? No. Wrong I, turn? No, I didn't. But I mean, I didn't even know where the, the testing places were. I can knew you, we had them. Can you imagine if you didn't know what was going on and you had rolled down your window and been like, getting ready to ask questions and they shove a Q-tip up your nose? 
like touch your brain. Those Q-tips are so long. Have you seen them? You seen how they do the tests? None of it's necessary. So I um I had to back out of that real quick, in more ways than one. And then I went and um, picked up Olivia at the Greenway and put her bike in my truck, and we were on our way. Good job. Let's talk about this. Whether or not you agree with the fact that Governor Kemp now in the state of Georgia allows your 16-year-old to get their driver's license without taking a test, I don't care how you, where you stand on it. on that. But the fact of the matter is there's going to be an increase in accidents involving 16-year-olds. I kind of actually think it's okay. But I also know that the payoff is going to be more accidents in cars involving 16-year-olds. Absolutely. Traffic is also increasing all over because people are, what do we say? They're doing their their uh, soft reopenings. They're doing soft reopenings. But they've also honestly forgotten how to drive. They really have. I, we were going to the birthday party in Smyrna. I hadn't been on Georgia 400 in weeks. Yeah, we can put you in and, that category. And I thought as I'm driving, I, I said to myself, I don't think that I'm doing a very good job. Yes. If you see him coming behind you in a white truck, you probably should go ahead and. Pen, start punching in. Thank you, Donna. Hurt 911. Accidents still happen. Injured in a car accident. 1 800 Hurt 911 can help top personal injury lawyers and doctors in Georgia. Free consultation. 1 800 Hurt 911. 1 800 Hurt 911. That's the number. 1 800 Hurt 911. I was listening to Governor Kemp's coronavirus press conference. Is that what he calls it? Uh, that's what I call it. I think and he calls it the COVID update. The COVID 19. So it was at the uh, it was downtown in the Gold Dome, and after about thirty minutes of addressing the media, he asks for questions from the media. We're listening to this on the radio on the way to the birthday party. Right. The first question for the media introduces himself, and he says, "Governor, this is Tyreek from Tyreek on the Run," and I thought to myself. Who the hell is Tyreek? And he's getting the first question at a governor's coronavirus press conference update. Like, Channel 2's Richard Elliott has covered the Gold Dome for like 30 years for WSB TV. I mean, you would think that he would get... All right, let me, let, let me go backwards here. Do you remember the name Helen Thomas? Yes. Helen Thomas was probably the most seasoned White House... Uh, 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 member of the White House press corps there ever was. She was with UPI, United Press International, which is now folded. Um, she was done a member of the White House press corps under 10 different presidents, from Kennedy until year two of the Obama administration. Yes. She was a legend. She was respected. Helen Thomas had her own chair. Everybody, you have to fight for your seats. Maybe not now during the COVID-19 they assigned well, seats they for social do business. Well, they don't Well, <laughs> Trump's new girl's back. Right. Or she's up. Doing, I think, pretty good job. Yeah. But anyway, so normally outside of a, pandemic you, you there's no assigned seating but helen thomas always had an assigned seat in the white house press briefing room because she was respected and she had years and years of of, of life okay the first question and she'd always get the first question and it was a thing of respect right helen thomas thank you mr president helen thomas upi she she has been tagged with coining the phrase thank you mr president and now all the press does it that's the way that they open and close thank you mr president right so i had to put my poll out and find out who is Tyreek. Well, you, what was funny is yesterday when we were listening to it, you said, did he just say Tyreek on the run from Tyreek on the run? I said, yes, he did. So I went back and watched the entire press conference again when I got home. 
because I had to find out who Tyreek is. Tyreek, turns out, is a 19-year-old kid, and he is uh, a GSU student. He's a Georgia State student, and I think that he was just named editor of the Panther Pride newspaper, their, mm-hmm. their, their student newspaper at GSU. Um, talented kid. He has his own Facebook channel. I mean, he has, has like a Facebook. He's doing Facebook Lives. He has a YouTube channel. But even Tyreek has learned to adjust yes. during the pandemic because now for twenty nine ninety nine, according to his website, Tyreek on Sunday afternoons will tell you how to become a video star. Yes, a vlogger. And have your own YouTube channel. Right. And things like that. I just, I like 11 Alive or NBC affiliate here in Atlanta, like they were six deep to ask a question this particular day. Well, maybe it's not, maybe there's not as much protocol like for the, you know, for these types of press conferences. But a vlogger getting the first question. He's just calling on whoever he sees in front of him. Maybe he had a great placement, you know, and he was right there in front of Governor Kemp and he's like, Although I guess he has to know how do they know their names? These are questions for Carl. Well, he doesn't because he introduced himself. They they, oh, they point see. to you. They line you up like cattle. Oh, okay, so he's and like. When you get up to the microphone, yes. he says, "Governor, this is Tyreek from Tyreek on the Run." And do not think for a minute that Governor Kemp did not have the same questions in his mind that I did as he was trying to answer the question. Where's this cap from? Who who is Tyreek on the Run? Where's the Atlanta Journal Constitution? I don't know that they cover them anymore, the, the daily briefings. But. He's like, great. I would have to call on this. Fox 5. But he's very, I mean, he, he's very, he's good. He's, he's good. very he's well good. spoken. No, no, he's good. And I was excited to learn because I was also a very young journalist and yes. someone in media very young. So I'm not picking on him for that at all. I think he's no. going to have a great career. I just had some questions about who Tyreek on the run was. I love it. He's making a name for himself. When uh, when he did that, I thought it was interesting, too, that the NBC News had a uh, reporter there. Um, and this is NBC, like network news, not our local NBC affiliate who asked a question. And their question had nothing to do with the coronavirus. What did their question have to do with? And this is the only reason NBC News was at Governor Kemp's daily briefing this particular day. The incident in, in Brunswick. Brunswick, yeah. The question was about, uh, at this point, the father and son had not been arrested. Right. Uh, that since happened. Um, but the question from network, NBC News New York, the only reason they had a reporter there was to ask about to get a, a sot sound on tape as it's called in the business of a, a quick clip from governor Kemp about what's going on in Brunswick, Georgia. We had to take S- Roscoe. Yes. Roscoe to the vet. Well, it was time for his like annual checkup. This is about pets and Corona time and having to go to the vet. All right. Well, I realized like I, while I was like, okay, Roscoe has gained 15 pounds, 15 legitimate pounds because when you take your pets to the vet, they give you that like weight status from the time that the first time that they stepped foot in the vet. And he still was like when he was a little puppy, it showed his little weight. But he he was always like at 70 pounds for like two years in a row. And now coming out of Corona, like today, we picked him up. He's 85 pounds. He's gained 15 pounds. And they give you they shame you about it. Well, did you hear me when he got out of the car? Because the way you have to do it is you pull into, you know, the parking lot and they come out and get the animal and take them in and when she saw him she was like oh wow and i'm like okay li- yes yes so he's gained a little weight You're, he got some quarantine cushion yes it rem- i mean again it's like that parent shaming like you know like when you go to the pediatrician when your kids are little and if you have like little eaters like when they're little and you want them to eat that's what they're supposed to do they're little kids but they pull out that chart that shows where they are like on the growth and the weight chart and like you're like and they're like this is where they need to be and you're like okay thank you you know but I, I felt like I almost felt like we had to quantify why he was so he is so. Because you knew he was going to come out. But I've been thinking about this. I think I'd like spoil our pets with food because all of our pets are overweight. They are. Zippy is huge, and he came in relatively thin. 
And now Zippy will get a sinking spell, like we talked about the other day. He'll just he'll be walking in the kitchen or something, and he'll just fall over. Have you seen him? Yeah. And he just lays like in the middle of the kitchen. Sally, our elder coonhound, goes in in two days. We couldn't take it both the same day. Just we she's could, we the opposite. She's lost weight. Well, she had. Well, she's she's so old. She's getting ready to pass. She's getting ready to cross the Rainbow Bridge. Okay. And we have to also make that declaration as they take her out of the truck here in a couple of days. We don't want any like senior workups. Sally's coming in as is. Yeah. We don't need a twelve panel blood test. We know Sally's not well. Yeah. Let's make her comfortable and maybe take that mole the size of a golf ball off her nose. But beyond that. This is just a couple of shots. Yeah, she doesn't, need her, today, te- she doesn't need her teeth clean. Carrasco has- today costs $250. I know, it's crazy expensive to have pets. Um, which is, you know, something we've talked about too with the with the pet thing is there are so many people who have adopted these animals, you know. The, the one good thing is that the shelters and stuff say that there are no animals available. I know my sister, Annette, has been trying to foster or adopt a lab through the lab rescue, and they don't have any. So it's a good problem to have. But at the same time, you and I have talked about that what happens when everybody goes back to work. And you thought that you needed a puppy dog during the pandemic to keep you company, you and your boyfriend. And when you go back to work, this dog that you have been around, this puppy that you've been around 24-7 because you've both been working from home, there's going to be great separation anxiety. Yeah, there's all with, these. With maybe you, but more so the with animal. The, the animal because the animal thinks that you, 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 you live together I all know. the time, that you don't work. <laughs> no, they've said that you have to start kind of like, it's almost like having a child. Like, you know how you're home you from maternity? Yeah, you're home yeah. from maternity leave and then you go back. You almost have to start preparing them for that period of time but um and it, they're expensive their animals are expensive the food and the the medical stuff like we've talked about but yeah i was like shocked today when i heard he was 15 pounds overweight i'm like oh boy we just put him on a green bean diet yeah, we, yeah. we're working on we're it we're working on it mm-hmm. working on it we're working on it hey at the parade for betty joe we did see donna rogers and donna's daughter marilyn from gallery furniture and they are celebrating uh, being open now during the the when they're in the shutdown during the pandemic they rearranged and totally Redid the entire showroom, reorganized the showroom uh, at the store there on Brownsbridge Road in Gainesville. They are now open for business. The showroom is open, something for all your home needs, all at great prices. Whether you're looking for a dining room table, king-size bed for your master bedroom, or a sofa for your living room, Gallery Furniture Gainesville has you covered. Many brands and styles. They also offer financing. But we were so excited to celebrate that with uh, with Donna and Marilyn, that their their doors are now open. And it's time for you to um, walk the walk. You've been talking the talk. It's time to shop local. Get back in there. See um, Donna and Marilyn, and they will take care of you. Gallery Furniture, Browns Bridge Road, Gainesville. On the way to the studio to record this episode, we were able to see Nana for the first time in at least two months. Yeah, since the pandemic hit. Nana is your mother. Yes. Harriet Tykert. Um. And for, for, for Mother's Day, what the assisted living home where she and Mr. Al live, there's a row of windows on one side of the building. And I they, think they're empty like offices. Or- they, they put up pink streamers on the outside and yeah. on the inside, but, yep. but, but pink streamers around the windows and Happy Mother's Day balloons. And each family had a 10-minute window to go by and to uh, a nurse inside would dial yourself, someone's cell phone out from the family outside of the window so that you could talk back and forth. That was great. Talk about where you, because we literally have not had a conversation, you and I, since we left 
Yeah, I'm going to get so emotional. I, um, you know, Until and I, now. I know everyone is kind of in the same boat, whether your parents are in assisted living or in nursing homes, or maybe they just live in their own homes. You know, like right now you're trying to keep them so safe and not see them. But I have I have not seen her like we've FaceTimed with her and Al. But as I've joked about before, sometimes I get her and sometimes I get like the window, you know, or the refrigerator, because they're not really good with the technology. But it was so great to see her today. And she was so emotional. And, you know, you were there and our girls were there. Um, My sister Annette was there. My niece Ava was there. And it was just great to see her, you know, to lay eyes on her. Um, It was hard because you want to hug someone and you want to, you know, but it was just really great to talk to her. And I think in times like those, like I just try to keep it humorous. And, you know, you just want to because she was so sad when it was time to you know, because it was literally a 10 minute slot because they had everyone signed up for a different slot, you know, each each family. And it was so kind of them to do that. If you work in one of these places and you're coming up with this type of, you know, programming or ways for people to stay in touch, thank you, God bless you, because it means the world to families. And I think it means the world to her. I know she probably went back and maybe she was sad for a minute because we left. But I know that visit will carry her through the weekend, you know, and it was really funny. We said, um, are they going to bring Al down? And she's like, no, it's just for the girls. Because <laughs> it was just for Mother's Day. And we asked her if they were, you know, because I always say to her, because I think about your mom, too. You're going up, you know, you're going to see her or you've seen her um, for Mother's Day and spend time with her. And, you know, it's like she's by herself, you know. And I always say, and you said, you know, at least Nana has Al. And so we said to him, are y'all driving each other crazy? Is he driving you crazy? And she didn't miss a beat. She didn't miss a beat. She's like, B, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she chose B, yes. But it was great to see her. When was the last time before today that you had seen your mother cry? I think, oh, well, she, you know, I, sometimes she cries when we when we would leave, even when we'd go visit her. But that was, you know, I think she was just so overwhelmed by seeing all the grandkids and, and everyone. And I also think, oh, so sad, but I think there's this part of you that it's a very realistic thing when you have elderly parents that you don't know when the last time you see them will be the last time you see them. And, and, that, and that, that applies even outside of a pandemic. Absolutely. But it has definitely hit more home with what we're going through now. Because if something happens or this disease gets into these facilities, it's very quick. Um, you know, I mean, listen, there are young, healthy people who are listening to us who are have gone through it, who've lost people. Um, so, you know, now more than ever, it's really important to tell people, you know, how much they mean to you, how you feel. Don't lose an opportunity, you know. For me, it was heartbreaking. I know. Heartbreaking. And I don't know, while I enjoyed seeing Nana, and I know that our girls did, part of me says it's not the right thing to do. Yeah, I kind of felt because that Because I think too. that it can become so emotionally charged. You know, we're able to still... We're, we're we're in a soft reopen, right? You know, we're right. we're able to at least get out of the house. Nana and Al live in a, um, a tiny apartment, six hundred, seven hundred square foot apartment. Yeah, that they have not left, and they're they're in there together. Which again, I said to everybody, they have each other, yeah. and there are many that are not even in that position right now. Right, but we don't know emotionally and mentally how your mom went back to that room. I, know. I j- and, and we we maybe never will. I, I and, know. and again, I'm not saying I would no, have missed felt- it for anything. I yeah. as we're walking back to our cars in the parking lot, though, part of me said, 
I don't know that that was the, I'm not positive that was the right thing to do. And I think we also have to think about our kids. How did, because we had a conversation, you went right to go do one thing before we came to the studio afterwards. And I took the girls home and then came to the studio and on the way home with the girls, I had a conversation about what just happened. And, and, and we talked about the fact that those pictures that were taken while they are heartbreaking there, I don't, I, I, there, it'd be, Hard to find another photograph that sums it up. What's going on, Donna? Yeah. Because what happened was they turned my mother's wheelchair around and one of the the caregivers came in and took a photo, but it was, so it was her in her mask sitting in her wheelchair the windows and the window. And then all of us outside on the grass in our mask, definitely a moment in time. It is. Yeah. And, and, you know, Olivia said, or 16 year old said, you know, dad, the, those pictures will be a part of, of history yeah. until the end of time. And we talked about the fact that it's so, such a telling photograph of what's going on right. in the world. And we, we're in cashiers every now and then we'll run across photos and maybe it's of my grandfather, um, my grandfather long who, who built our original family camp up in cashiers over a hundred years ago. And we see the photographs every now and then and they're Brown and they're brittle. Right. But they're so historical that when you see it, you go, you know exactly wow, what it was. That's yeah. my, that's my granddaddy lawn building the original camp. Right. Um, it's a moment in time. <sighs> Please don't at me. Does not even compare to what's going on right now. The photographs that will be a part of your family's history forever. Right. But it was just heartbreaking to me. Yeah. No. It was. It was for me too. But I think I'm, I'm I'm hoping it was good for Nana, and as you said, maybe this is what'll keep her going kind of buoys her. for a few weeks. And and well, and 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 I don't mean this bad, but I kind of had to tell her a little fib. I was like, you know, they're, they're because supposedly they're not going to let visitors come into any of these homes until mid June. But I said, you know, Mom, it's only a couple more weeks, and we'll be able to see you because you're just trying to keep them going. You know? Can I make you feel better about that? Yeah, we don't have concept of time. I know out here. Yeah, they don't have concept of time in there. No. They don't, and I'm I'm not being ugly no, at they all. Don't. They just they don't. You they know? don't. I don't. I told you the other day that I thought all day it was Monday. Right. Turns out it was Wednesday. Right. I and I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. And I do that a lot. And yeah. I'll admit that I exaggerate sometimes when I storytell. I had no idea. I thought that it was Monday all freaking day. And at about 5.30, I realized that it was Wednesday. Well, someone said to me that, and I think it is true. It's been my experience. It's like the days are longer, but the weeks seem so much shorter sometimes. And I don't know why, because every day is sort of Groundhog Day. But some days you'll look up and you're like, wait, isn't it Tuesday? But it'll be Thursday, you know, or whatever. So I don't know. I just, um, I'm super thankful that I got to go see her. And um, if you are able to see your parents, even if you have to go stand out you know, in the street, say they don't live in assisted living place and that you can just get them on the porch for a few minutes. It's good. You know, I think it is good in the long run. Um, I'll tell you what's not good right now is I'm having to have some some principals, principal meetings. Like school principal? Yeah. Yeah. As everyone Are is you calling good. them down to the principal's office? Well, and I preface this by saying, again, our girls are super, they're very good students. They're very self-directed. But I noticed this over the past week or so, and I've my friends have been sending things, and I've seen stuff on social where the wheels are coming off the school bus a little bit. But they would have, if if they were in regular school, the the final two weeks of school, whether you're in a schoolhouse or you're at home, it, they, they don't matter. You can write them off. Well, 
Yes, except you get these threatening letters that say, you know, they have to, if they have X, X numbers of incompletes and they're going to have to go to summer school, which maybe that's like, that might be a good thing at this point. Um, and then, but I mean, it's just trying to keep up with it and what the incompletes mean. And then I told you when you start, when you bring a child to your principal's office and you start questioning them, the first to thing, your to your principal, yes, office, the first thing you tell these children when they're being like, you know, when they're when an adult is speaking to them is to remain quiet and be polite and listen. Well, that doesn't happen. So it starts immediately. Like we're either going to have really good salespeople or lawyers because it's like I uploaded that. They just didn't get it. I communicated with the teachers like just stop talking. Stop talking for five minutes. OK, so that I can wrap my brain. I need to go down item by item and tell me, did you turn this in? OK, I, I did turn that in. OK, have you communicated with the teacher. You know, the one good thing that will come out of this, I think, for our kids with school is we're always telling our kids, and I know everyone does, to advocate for yourself. Don't just sit by and assume that if you turned in a paper, a teacher, you know, received it or whatever. And I think we're trying at least to give them some executive skills, time management, communication with, you know, you can't just go missing in life, you know, and I mean, I'm just like trying to get them to do that. But I, I mean, we are limping along here to the end. It's like, please just get us over the finish line. Please. Whatever that is. So. It's been challenging for everybody. I haven't. Needed, I'll, I'll call in the assistant principal. That's you. Well. If I need to. <clears throat> yeah. Last resort, I guess. You have a pod peep for this yes. episode. So my pod peep is Billy Oliver, who coincidentally was one of my neighbors. And when I was talking earlier in the pod about the gang that we all ran with. So mm. Billy lived across the street from me. His mom worked mm. for Delta. I think his dad worked for Delta too. Um, and um, his dad just recently passed. So I'm sending his family a lot of love. But we all grew up around each other from the time we were literally in kindergarten. I can remember driving with his mom to go pick up one of his brothers at kindergarten. So there were three boys. Um that lived three all of our boys and so we would all just like play football and they had a pool and it was just like fun times but anyways he is a true um pod peep because he loves listening to the podcast but he had sent me a message when you talked about the other day about sundrop and um, cheer wine he said make sure you tell your husband that there are some kroger's kroger's don't you love when like old people say that we're going to kroger's there's some available at kroger certain kroger Kroger's. Anyways, um, they have Sundrop and Cheerwine. And so what was funny, though, is he said, I don't miss an episode of the podcast. And then he talked about the Cheerwine and the Sundrop. And he said, I'm addicted. Now, I don't know if he's addicted to the podcast or to Sundrop and Cheerwine. But either way, we appreciate you, Billy Oliver. And he also, him and his wife work in the healthcare industry. So I want to thank them for what they're doing right now, for sure. Who introed the show today? Mike Robbins did. Uh, I know him as Strawberry. I didn't know his name until I didn't either. Until we started talking about him introing this this show. Um, Mike says he's uh, in his late thirties, a supermodel in denial, and a beard grower. I love that. Uh, he's an elementary school teacher in third grade, and he's married to his high school sweetheart, and they have one daughter and one dog. And Strawberry and I connected over music. He's a huge Eric Church fan, huge right. Ashley McBride fan. And so he was a, a, a very dedicated listener back in my radio days. Uh, but we would always see each other at concerts and things. And would always hang out and have a beer or something like that. And 
I remember that one time uh, I was doing an appearance at Carl Black in Kennesaw and Strawberry had been to see Eric Church at Red Rocks, which is bucket list for me. Amazing. Red Rocks, period. Yeah. But Eric Church at Red Rocks, like that would be a musical orgasm. Yeah, the Holy me. Grail. Yeah. So he was there um, and Eric Church released a vinyl um, several through the years. One of his first vinyl records that he released and Strawberry brought me one of them because they were so very nice. hard to find because oh they were limited edition, limited press Okay, and didn't he meet, didn't Eric Church yes. wander into his like campground? Yeah. When Eric Church uh, played Nissan Stadium in Nashville, it was on the tour where he was doing three nights of, three hours of music a night. And I right. think he did two nights in Nashville. It was the end of the tour, if I recall. Uh, Strawberry and a bunch of their choir members that they know and, and travel with to shows decided they were going to camp out. Outside well, of choir members being Eric Church choir members, right? Yeah, not his yeah. church choir no, no, members. No, yeah. that's what fan. That's what fan club members are. You know, Eric Church. Are. Uh, and just a quick aside to to show you even more how much of a man of his fans Eric Church is. If you are a church choir member already, uh, he has waived all membership dues for the next year. That's awesome for his fans. Um, so they're camping out, and Strawberry sends me this video. He says, "You got to check this out." Like he's in Nashville, you know, tailgating and partying and. All that stuff, and uh, it was a, a video, and all of a sudden, Eric Church appears in the parking lot where they're camping out. Unbelievable! And spends like 20, 30 minutes with him, drinking beer, Didn't playing, drink, yeah, music, drink a beer, yeah, uh, signing autographs, taking pictures. But Eric had heard that there were people, you know, very dedicated choir members, church choir members that, that had out. camping out, they had camped out, and Eric Church called wind of it, and he said, "I'm going out there." Okay, that'd be one of those nights. Did. Can you imagine the next day? You would be like, "Hey, dude, did that really happen?" Like, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. They have the video to prove it. Yeah. Um, but uh, thank you, Strawberry, for your support through the years. And thank you for the intro uh, today. And uh, we'll see you at a show here soon. Yeah. When they uh, keep on when they rocking. Start to, uh, when they start to fire back up. All right. Mike Robbins, third grade elementary school teacher, taking care of the show intro today. We have a small ask of you. Three things. Uh, number one, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything coming up. Number two, rate and leave five-star reviews for the pod, which is very helpful, uh, helps us to chart, and also helps uh, other people to find the podcast that otherwise may not. And number three, show our sponsors some love, and we are truly grateful for the sponsorship of Gallery Furniture in Gainesville. Tracy Cousineau, Real Estate Expert Advisors. 1-800-HURT-911. Wellstar, more than healthcare, people care. And Dinner Affair, Cadillac Jack, my second act. New episodes, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Cadillac Jack, my second act. We are proud to be part of the App and Podcast Network. 